guys and welcome back to Tog Talks. This week I have the incredible Rikesh on the show. He is an incredible photographer, he's a storyteller, a musician, a writer, he's great at social media. He does it all and I really think you're going to love this episode. I certainly felt really inspired after having a chat with him um, so I really hope it does the same for you guys. I just want to apologise for the quality of my microphone on the episode. I thought I had connected my really expensive podcast mic but it seems that it automatically connected to my airpods so it's a little bit sketchy the sound and i really apologize but um you just have to ignore that fact and enjoy all of the incredible um words that the great rikesh has to say um i'm going on a tangent now so i'll stop um, i really hope you enjoy this episode with me alicia love and rikesh Hello, Rakesh. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, a little bit tired, but, but good nonetheless. How are yeah. you? The uh, parent self-employed hustle is very tiring, isn't it? Yeah, it, it does. It does take it out of you every now and then. I kind of find myself um, shifting between being bags of energy and then being completely drained. Yeah, I find about three o'clock for me is like, oh, it's just like, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, um, it's 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 so, always a challenge, but it's quite fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wouldn't have it any other way. Um, so welcome to the podcast, and thank you so much for coming on. Um, as you can tell from that little chat there, we're both parents, so we're both kind of into this whole new realm of parenthood and trying to maintain our businesses. So I really wanted to get you on the podcast because I just want to hear all about your work and life and everything. So. Can you tell the listeners who you are, what you do, what kind of photography you do? Um, yeah, so uh, my name's Rikesh. I go by Ricks um, primarily, uh, and that began because uh, it's my stage name. So I, I got into doing everything um, when I was at university. So I studied commercial music, um, which was really exciting. Uh, my, my, my whole family have like musical backgrounds, so that was kind of always the direction that I was I, I planned to go um, so I was, studied music released recorded my own kind of stuff so I was primarily a, a songwriter and a singer uh, did that for a few years and what I kind of found in, in, in creating my own brand in that sense quite early on I just found that I, I didn't really trust anyone in, else to do other bits and pieces for me so um, whether that was like press releases or music videos or photo shoots and stuff like that, I basically tried to do as much as I, I could um, myself, which then actually opened up the doors for me to start doing a lot more video work and bits and pieces for other musicians initially. So I was doing that at uni and then once I had left. And then following on from that, um, the video side of things kind of really took off. So I was actually, there was a period in my life where I was actually a, a full-on videographer. Um, and I did that for, for about a year or so and worked with some atrocious clients um, and, <laughs> and, and, and subsequently fell out of love with, with videography because was, it was a lot of work for, for not a lot of return or, or gratification. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of put that on the back burner a little bit, but I've, I've always been that kind of person that doesn't like to let any form of equipment or, 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 or physical thing gather dust you know everything has its 
purpose in life so i had you know i had a camera i had some really good kit um so i just started taking photos of friends um and i kind of just really enjoyed it so i i started doing a lot more um in terms of portraits and details and i kind of found that my style of my style um of, of photography at, at that stage lent quite well to um clothing and and fashion clients so fast forward a little while longer i um joined a, a social media agency as a as a creative and the, the clients i was looking after big short solely because of the kind of style that of, of my photography and writing um they happened to be fashion and and primarily menswear which then got got me to where i am today so I um, really, really loved working in, in menswear. I kind of wanted to give it my undivided attention. So um, I joined a bespoke shirt maker called Tambal Anasa as a, uh, as a social media manager and content creator. I was there for two years and then I joined the Rake magazine. Um, so I was there as an in-house photographer, social media manager, content creator, et cetera, et cetera. And more recently, I've just gone freelance. Um, you know, I had, I had a lot of things going on. There was a lot of personal projects that I wanted to pursue. Um, and obviously with, with, with my child um, at that point on, on, on her way, I needed a bit more time than what I, what I currently had. So, yeah, I went freelance. So in a very long-winded answer, I'm a photographer, songwriter, singer, content creator, social media manager, whatever you want to call me, really amazing so the whole the whole bunch i love it because i was just looking on your instagram just to kind of refresh uh, my mind of all your work and everything and it's really interesting you telling me like the timeline of how you got to where you are today because you can really see that in your photos like you are oh, cool. a storyteller in, in a way like um like the details that you photograph it's really nice hearing it actually all kind of fits together when you say that you started out as a songwriter musician you know it's like it's like when you see your work now, it's like, oh, yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah, your work is incredible. I'll share all the links in the show notes. For Thank you. To take a look. Um, and it seems <laughs> no, like, yeah, your niche, your niche, like the menswear fashion is just amazing. So good. And because I met Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, it's. You were a model for me for TOG. Um, and you recommended locations. I was like, Rakesh, where can I do it? Because I haven't lived in London for a good three years. So I had lived there for six years and knew all of the places and I just don't anymore. And you recommended Savile Row, is that where we went? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah we were basically around the, the, the Royal Arts um, Academy. In, like, and you said that's like your stomping ground. Yeah, so I... Um, you know, when I was at Terminal and Asa, the, the, the stores were, were based, um, you know, in German Street and Davis Street, so not necessarily Savile Road, but just the nature of what we were kind of doing and working on. I found myself there quite a lot. And then when I joined the Rake more so, um, because we, at that point for the magazine and for the online kind of editorial side of things, we looked after uh, quite and worked with quite a lot of British brands uh, in bespoke tailoring. So naturally the majority of them would have been on, on Savile Row or Savile Row adjacent, let's say. Um, so yeah, I, I've just spent most of my, my, my time there. I'm, I'm actually getting there tomorrow uh, <laughs> uh, to catch up with, with some, some clients. So yeah, I, I, if, if I'm not in East London in Hackney Wick, I'm probably yeah. on Savile Row. 
<laughs> it's really interesting that you talk about is it the rake is that a magazine then yeah so so the rake is is probably the more the most kind of preeminent menswear magazine there is um so it it kind of has cornered the the market of people that appreciate quality and longevity of clothing rather than um fast fashion or trends and that kind yeah. of stuff so it's, it's so it's not really the rake demographic is not necessarily the gq demographic and it's probably closer to the esquire but even so a little bit more uh niche and kind of bespoke oriented so it really um tells stories basically which is again why why i kind of gravitated towards um yeah. their, their long their long form copy was basically the thing that really caught my attention initially um especially like online you kind of find the majority uh, uh, like 90 percent of articles you'd read online about menswear would always or, or fashion in general in general would always be um you know circa 500 to a thousand words whatever um but the rakes long form editorial was unlike anything else i i ever came across um and it was yeah. and what really kind of caught is that the the writers that that featured in the magazine are all brilliant so they really paint a picture so you kind of end up like reading yeah. the on the, the articles in the mag in, in in print or, or on digital and you kind of find yourself just kind of reading from from start to finish um because there's always really interesting stories and it's not necessarily like solely heritage you know that kind of like slightly yeah. boring <laughs> there's, there's always like really <laughs> interesting stories of, of people that you know may have have uh slipped under the radar but were actually were, were fascinating yeah um and and that kind of transcends from not just the tailoring world but film music civil rights or literally everything which is which is which is really cool yeah. um i've always considered it a place that i go to to read more about something that i love that i wouldn't already have read before yeah it's really interesting that you um, join them as a like social media you know content creator um, and then obviously doing their photography as well I think that's such an interesting side to get in with um, a company like that because um, I bet you found that company as well really inspiring I find yeah, I don't yeah, know for about sure. you like sometimes if I need inspiration I'll, I'll pick up like a fashion magazine so to be there with the people you must find that so inspiring and intimidating uh, yeah <laughs> um, yeah for sure it's it no it, it it was super super cool being there to, to actually you know because i i had been reading the magazine for for a while before i actually joined um so then to actually see how you know see how the proofs were were just like scattered on desks where whether you had editors yeah. and sub readers like going through it it was pretty 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 cool and like i got to do a lot of really fun um stuff with with the rake for yeah. sure i bet um i bet it's a good place to get connections as well and meet people yeah yeah for sure yeah absolutely it's, it's it's been really important i think um but again the 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 interesting thing is that the menswear this this specific niche of menswear it, you know the world is very very small so if you hadn't already if you were in the industry 
if you didn't already know someone, you kind of knew of them or there would there would only yeah. ever be one degree of separation. Um, and I kind of found that um, a lot even prior to being at the rake. But, you know, at that point in like 2019, 2020, to say that you were part of the rake, that got you through a lot of doors, which was always yeah. going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you say that you didn't, um, so you did music at university. Did you study photography or did you just kind of teach yourself? Yeah, I, I, I taught I, myself completely. Yeah, that same. I, like I've, I've no professional or like education in photography. Um, yeah. I've just always kind of put it down to, I think I have quite a good eye for detail. Um, yeah. So, so when I was, cause you have to kind of, consider that quite a lot when you're thinking about you know creating music videos and creating things for other uh artists because it was very much a case of okay this is how i see something working but actually visually how do you want it to come across from the artist's perspective and so on um and i think it just got to a point where again even with video i was i kind of taught myself um i i had a a couple friends who recommended like specific cameras to get and i was like okay cool i'm just gonna literally buy it and just play around with it (laughs) yeah exactly and 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 i i kind of find that's always a really good starting point with photography because essentially as long as you know you know your bare basics about you know what the mm. shutter speed is, what ISO and all that jazz is, and you know the rule of thirds and composition and all of that. Um, it, it, it's quite, especially today, it's a lot easier a, a skill to pick up than yeah. it would have been 20, 30 years ago. Um, and I think I kind of I, I got in there at, at quite a good time. Um, yeah. Because you know when when I first started to get into photography, that's when Instagram start like basically started. Um, yeah. So you kind of found that there was a, and, and you know th- that's not to say that my my content was was great when I, I first joined Instagram, but the fact it's that a whole the different in- world wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then the, the the fact that the entirety of of your surroundings were were shifting towards digital content creation you know so a lot more people were beginning to take photos because they were like oh we've got an outlet or something to put it on so you yeah. you kind of um you kind of found that that was a really interesting um time to to i think get into photography and like even and compared to now you know i i recently upgraded my camera and i've just gone mirrorless and it's the first time i've yeah. ever used a mirrorless camera and honestly it's game changing um it's, it's so good so much, isn't it it's so much Which more intuitive it? um it's the sony a7 III. um yeah that's the one i've got it's great it just like just oh, like, like looking through the viewfinder i mean i can't explain but just when what you see through the viewfinder it just looks so like high definition that was like 90 percent of the, of the reason no but that, that's genuinely 90 percent of the reason that i actually got it because because what the yeah. color that you saw in the viewfinder is the color that it would be um because yeah. i found like with with dslrs and especially my one it was quite an old uh make anyway and i'd always you know it looked wicked and on on screen and then you put it on yeah. computer or you print it out and you're like oh it's really dull and I kind of found yeah. I ended up doing a lot of post-production just to get it looking yeah. the way that it was originally 
supposed to look if that makes sense yeah um, whereas now it's so intuitive and, and just really yeah. really like it i mean for lack of a better word it's just quite easy yeah and it's a lot smaller as well which i prefer yeah for sure i think when you first start out you like get all of the gear like you, the more lenses you have <laughs> like the bigger the camera the better and you're like yeah i'm a photographer because i look like a photographer and then the longer that you do photography you're like actually i just need two lenses and just a small camera <laughs> yeah 100 yeah do you have like, I, a go-to I've... lens a favorite lens yeah so i have um I, I always use the Nifty 50, whether it was a 1.8, 1.4. Yeah. Um, now I've got the Zeiss 55. And um, yeah. I, I also have a Tamron 2470. And I think I've used a Tamron once. I've had yeah. I've had the camera since December. Yeah. Everything is... It bigger, everything is, is um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's sizably different. Uh, bigger yeah. compared to the 55 um but you know the, the the zeist kind of does everything i need it to do and and to shoot everything yeah. that i would shoot anyway so yeah. i kind of what i quite like about really... the 50 is it's it's kind of just like what you see if that makes sense like yeah distance, for sure um which i think is quite nice now like especially the kind of stuff that you do um it kind of just you feel like you're there in a way yeah yeah precisely i think every picture should you should look at every picture and kind of wonder what's going on at that point in time. Yeah. Um, which definitely. is why, which is how I kind of always frame my photography, if I, especially when I'm shooting portraits, yeah. I want people to see the photos that I take and want to know what that, the subject was thinking or what they were doing at that point in time or who was around or, yeah. or what brought them there. You know, I think there's photography still has so many stories to tell. And I think a good photo should always get someone asking questions yeah especially nowadays in the world where there are so many photographers and it's so saturated mm. like having a story behind it like i found when i was looking at your instagram your captions are really mm. i don't know how else to say it, great they're just great <laughs> and it actually like engages you and brings you in so i think like the fact that you know you are a storyteller essentially you know from being a musician you can really see that and it kind of draws you in yeah no so, I, th yeah. I, th I think thank you no I I, th I think there's it's that whole kind of uh ethos of wanting to give something a bit more purpose right because I mean I could I could easily post like a, a million photos on Instagram and not give any context or not kind of put any captions or anything but actually yeah in a, in a world where we're kind of debating and and you know there's clear differences between an artist and a content creator I kind of consider myself a bit of both but yeah you know I, I don't want to create content for the sake of creating content right everything should kind of have yeah. a purpose and and you know I don't have I don't have a big following but I, I I try to make sure that everything that I do engages the following um yeah so so you know even if if, if like 10 people or 100 people actually expand and read the entire caption that's great for yeah. me like I don't I don't, I don't need yeah. everyone to, to read it because not not a lot of people will but the people that yeah. will read it hopefully it will impact them or get them to think or you know just just kind of influence yeah, them definitely. In, in some kind of way. I think that's a good way to go um especially in the world of social media at the moment because it is just kind of it's just all so mm. much and, and like 
sometimes I find with Instagram, I've kind of fallen out of a love with it a little bit. So I'm just like, what am I? I have no reason to post them. I just don't post, yeah. which is, I think it's the best way to do it rather than just try to force yourself to post something. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, so, it's, it, every now and then it's good to kind of just take a step back. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I was going to say, uh, so you now have gone freelance. Um, so how do you mostly find your work now? Is it, mm. are you dealing with brands or are you dealing with say like, models or or a bit of both bit of everything um yeah so i I work with brands primarily um so i've I've got um a couple brands that i've been working with for a while um during the time that i was at turnbull and at the rake um which basically being freelance or when I was when I was um, there I I didn't really have the opportunity to do much beyond what I was doing full-time so um, the moment that I went freelance I had quite a few people get in touch and so like brands get in touch to ask what we'd kind of whether there was something that we could do which which was very um, you know I'm very grateful for but that was the thing that kind of prompted me to be like okay cool I have a child on the way but I can still probably make freelance work <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah so still primarily brands which is good but I've kind of expanded into um, stuff beyond menswear as well so you know whether that's working with cigar brands um, working with uh, you know just b2b brands and stuff as well doing a bit more kind of corporate bits here and there um and then pretty much uh, it's kind of whoever wants to approach me about a project um yeah quite a lot of quite a lot of um people will actually just contact me directly on instagram um and what's great is that since the kind of covid happened a lot of brands and a lot of individuals basically didn't have uh, anywhere to spend their marketing budget so you kind of found that when I'm yeah. when I'm giving people my rates now they're like yeah cool let's go for it I'm like oh shit I should have charged you more yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really interesting to hear because I've a lot of people who listen to this podcast are maybe starting out or mm. you know are really amazing at photography but then don't know how to get that next level of getting clients so if mm. if you know for the people who are in that part of their lives what advice would you give? Would you say to just push and email people, you know, your portfolio? Yeah, 100 percent. Like you, you, your Instagram is your portfolio. Um, yeah, it's it's always going to be, you know, the first port call now for many brands and many people. Obviously, in terms yeah. of like more pro- kind of professional campaign work, you should have like the full shoot available on on, on your website because obviously yeah. Instagram will kind of restrict you a little bit. But in terms of getting yeah. an understanding of what you're like as a person because ultimately now brands want to work with people um and yeah it's almost like to, a business card isn't it yeah for sure and and in order to i think it's it's naive to think of a client on a one project basis right you want to be able to do a project with them and they like you so much that they come back and ask you to do more because ultimately yeah as a freelancer, your primary goal needs to be getting retainers because once you have retainers, you've got the stability to then be able to be like, okay, cool. I know I'm guaranteed having this much money come in, which will allow me yeah. to do a few odd bits here and there. Like I, I wouldn't yeah. go freelance 
until you knew you had a couple retainers um because yeah. because then because then you're literally living job from job and you know if you if you end up working in an in industry like mine you'll kind of find that there'll be months where there'll be nothing and then suddenly yeah. everything comes in one go and you've kind of found yourself mm. really stretched and not actually being able to take <laughs> on as much as you'd want to yeah but even though you Almost feel you have way. to because you're making up for lost time exactly so um yeah. but i i think also it's important to be able to offer a wider skill set so i kind of i mean it's it's very i'm I'm in a bit of a unique position because my primary skill sets obviously social media management in addition to photography as well as writing um so i do a lot of when i when i with a couple of the clients that i, I work with um and will be working with i'm doing a lot of their tone of voice work and actually doing yeah. more editorial as well so i i have the the ability to be able to like i can i can do this for you but i can also help you here and here and here and here and i think the more oh, great yeah the, the more the more of an asset you can be to someone the more likely they're gonna you know have you in mind long term and yeah i don't think there are very many people now that can do photography and nothing else yeah um and it's about tapping into things that you know that you're good at you you don't necessarily need to have the experience in it but if you mm. if you come on board with a client on a photography gig and be like hey actually do you want me to maybe write an article for you or um you know have a look at your seo or something because I, I can do some coding yeah. you know just just things like that where you're like okay cool so this person is actually going to benefit me in more ways than one um and mm, then if, and then if not they can always have you still front of mind in order to um potentially put you through to someone else that might be looking for something that, yeah. that you're offering yeah and i also think kind of looking at brands like not a big bad company they are just people behind the email address you know so when you're emailing new brands you know to get your work out there just remembering that they are human as well and they want to find somebody to shoot their campaigns and stuff just yeah, as much 100%. as you want to get you know I think 100%. a lot of the time we restrict ourselves by just thinking oh no actually I'm not going to do that like fear overrides the just doing it yeah um, when when I, when in actuality you can you can send them an email or you can message someone on instagram the worst thing that will happen is that they won't reply yeah you know that, that's not exactly. really that's you know it's it's is it worth missing a big opportunity because of a yeah you know a potential issue that's not actually a real issue yeah definitely so I um, noticed on your Instagram that you are selling your prints. Yeah, really yeah. exciting. That's yeah. so great. Um, it was... So how long have you been doing that? And when did the idea pop up? Because it's such a great idea. So, so I've had the idea for about six years and I, I launched it last week. <laughs> um, Amazing. Cause, yeah, because I had always wanted to, to well, to, to make prints that actually served a bit more purpose in the physical world um but it was it was a combination of one not really ever having the time to kind of really kind of hone in and curate a collection that i was happy with but then also there just wasn't um any there wasn't a collection that was strong enough to kind of sit on its own if you know what i mean like i wanted to basically again going back to everything should have some form of storytelling or purpose i wanted to 
release something that uh you know where where the entirety of the image selection channeled a theme of some sort and and the one that i ended up um going with is is on like the morning moment so it's almost kind of uh a little bit poignant because it's it's things that you wouldn't necessarily see so like a, a, a table setting without anyone there or uh you know standalone coffee or the mist of a of, yeah. of, of, a, of a landscape in the morning just things that actually are quite nice and and um you know aesthetically pleasing but also yeah. kind of, you know just gets you thinking a little bit it gets you a little bit uh and I'd, I'd probably say it's a very pensive collection um which i think yeah. is quite it's great quite I, I took a look i mean yeah morning is my favorite time of the day so you've really captured like a feeling i think that's what's great um, about your work is you capture that feeling and that's what draws people in so i think prints is such a great avenue for you to go down um mm. so when you were shooting those shots did you shoot them in mind for them to be prints or did you just get inspired you know like randomly yeah no like none none of those shots were taken with the intention of releasing them as as a collection um and they were they were f- photographed over the span of like 3 or 4 years um in various parts of the world so um but it just happened that those particular photos um when i was thinking about what i'd kind of do in terms of curating i kind of found that they ended up sitting really well with each other like i i went through thousands yeah. of photos um and these ones i just found like just completely by chance like either the mm-hmm. the color or the mood or the the general kind of theme just just happened to work so actually it was yeah. looking at all of these photos which then created the the concept rather than the concept and finding photos yeah. that fit yeah yeah um and it seems like obviously from the photos that you, you travel a lot um so obviously when you travel you get a lot of inspiration from different places that are around you um so now being a parent a new parent how are you finding because you know i don't know about you like it does get a little bit kind of groundhog day it's like Mm. they nap they feed they sleep you know so how are you managing to find inspiration you know get that little bit of inspiration from any parts of your life now do you finding it difficult or it's a tough one isn't it yeah there's because there's there's a lot of different ways to tackle that question but uh, you know i think first and foremost it was actually that 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 element of of groundhog day just doing a more of a a similar routine day in day out i actually really enjoyed because i never i've I've never had that you know since i left university every single day has always been different um yeah and, and actually i kind of found that uh initially with covid and the first lockdown i found you know luckily i was still working throughout the entire time um and i actually then realized that oh i i I quite like the same old same old kind of um, way way about it and and you know but but going back to you know having having uh my daughter you know that's that in itself like the amount of photos i've taken of her like good yeah um yeah so it's 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 
an interesting kind of inspiration because it's not necessarily related to anything that I'm doing, but you know, I just kind of really enjoy looking yeah. like kind of documenting her and see like the difference from from the photos I have of her as a one month old to an almost five month old. Yeah. It's like two completely different babies. Um yeah. And and I think it's definitely made me a lot more um aware of uh just just the simple things you know um yeah the, the fact that Definitely. this this human is completely dependent on me and my wife and and actually yeah. we're we're the ones that are bringing her up to to and turning her into an actual human it's quite cool yeah <laughs> yeah it's cool but it's also quite daunting sometimes because you're like Oh, yeah. everything that I do is like molding this person <laughs> yeah yeah like that, I mean I you know you, you you think you think I don't think there's been a day gone by where I'm like she might be a genius or she might be an absolute nutcase I don't, <laughs> you know it could go either way um yeah and you know there's there's only so much we can kind of do and I think it's very important that you kind of just then kind of take a step back and be like you know whatever happens will happen is fine you're doing the best yeah, you can definitely. that's kind of all that's that's required you know and also babies are very kind definitely. of they're, they're a lot more kind of robust and and you know smarter than we kind of think they are yeah um, definitely how old is your <laughs> one uh so she's gonna be five months in four days oh so yeah. sweet I wish, cool. I wish I lived closer. I would like love to get her in my studio because I shoot babies. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And whenever you post pictures, I'm like, oh, so cute. Yeah, she, she, she loves having a photo taken, which is very, very handy. Um, uh, well, yeah, yeah, between you and your, because your wife is she a photographer as well, or digital? No, no or... so she, she's a uh, social media consultant manager. She's again oh, like jack of all trades. Um, but technically now, yes, yeah, she is a photographer because again, during during the whole lockdown, um, you know, I still had content to shoot, but I couldn't shoot it on anyone. So I'd have to wear clothes yeah. or, you know, model stuff myself and then my wife would shoot me. Um, yeah. And it's pretty much just carried on that way since like she's she's got, a, you know, a great eye for again, again, for detail and yeah. she's like she's like the tech person in the house. So I'm I'm useless with tech. She's like so like if it comes to like setting up Sky or sorting out the, the internet, yeah. like, I'm like I, I don't know what I'm doing. Um and I think that kind of because she likes that kind of side of things, for her picking up the camera is, yeah. is, is a breeze, you know. Um yeah. so yeah, so she's like I'm pretty sure she's actually a better photographer than I am. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's nice. You're both so creative, it's lovely. And I don't know about you guys for myself, since having Tommy. I've been so much more productive when I can work. Like, mm. I don't know what I did with my time before. I don't know if it's the same <laughs> with you. Like when, when Tommy goes to sleep or has a nap, like evening times when he'll fall asleep, mm. I'm like, can do so much, I'm so productive. I'm like, why did I not, use, what did I do with my time before I had a child? <laughs> yeah, massively. I think it, because you really have to then kind of just know that you've got such a short space of time and you have to make the most of it. Yeah. Um, Definitely. yeah but then uh, I th yeah I think it's it's you know it's it's quite it's quite good in that sense because you're like it kind of helps 
it, it helps you to manage your schedule a little bit more as well yeah. in a weird way you know once Definitely. the ones are actually in a bit of a routine um yeah uh, and you you know you just work around it and make it work and you'll actually find like yeah the, you only really need a few hours in the day to be super productive and you've kind of done everything you need to do so i kind of find myself yeah. like i i i take uh, my daughter in like the mornings um usually between from like six to like nine um after which my wife will kind of take her and then from nine to like to 12 I'm just blitzing like a week's worth of content or like you know a week's Mm -hmm. worth of just just kind of like stuff so I kind of find myself then at like 1 p.m like cool I've done everything I needed to do for the day this is this is this is good (laughs) it's great it's yeah it's just a great way to get you productive sure um, so I was going to say, um, what would you, have you got a photography tip that you would give listeners? So for me, like my, when I'm shooting, my tip that I always tell myself is I always underexpose just because the way that our cameras work, like you can always lift stuff and it's, it's a great way to not make mistakes and to be able to save anything, you know, in post. Do you have mm. like a, a tip that you kind of like could recommend to um, I mean, I, I kind of hope that this is going to be really basic, and I kind of hope that every photographer that r- listens to this will kind of be doing it anyway. But don't shoot in JPEG. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it, it's sure. you know it's and like and, and that's not to, to kind of you know um, that's not to look down on photography. Like I used to shoot. You know, very early on in JPEG and RAW, and yeah, I was like, "Why same. am I shooting in JPEG? There's no, there's no fucking yeah. point." Because um, yeah, I, I, th- I think you know, just having complete control of over your your images, you know, you're only going to get that if you yeah. shoot in RAW. Um, so if Definitely. it means you invest in more hard drives, invest in more hard drives. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say, and Definitely. you know, and I, I think that but that that key one is is shooting underexposed um because yeah. you can't you can't save an image if you overexpose you can save it if you underexpose no. <laughs> yeah because i shoot so dark like i i do headshots as well mm. and when i'm showing the clients i'm like just to let you know when you're looking at the photos they're like, <laughs> basically pitch black but don't be worried and like i have to say to the agent and everything like i promise you it's and then they see like the, the final image and i'm like how did you do that <laughs> but it's yeah, just like exactly. just underexposed basically yeah and i think the um, other thing the other thing i'd probably say is is just just don't sweat the small stuff just literally pick up a camera yeah. and shoot stuff like it you know you'll yeah. you'll find whatever style that you're looking for. like you don't even need to have a style you just need to do what you enjoy doing and shoot what you enjoy shooting yeah. and eventually yeah. it will come to you yeah and focusing on the moment and like what's around you pulling inspiration yeah. from that rather than thinking about the final product you know yeah for sure it's quite a good way to the mindset to have for shooting mm. so do you color grade your own and edit your own images yeah um but i try yeah. not to do too much to it so like i yeah. might like i i i shoot with the intention of 90 percent of my work is in the camera um yeah and then and then basically the post-production is literally just a little bit of color grading so just making stuff a little bit warmer um yeah and and just bringing up the clarity but i i try to kind of keep yeah. things as Same as way. i see them yeah 
So like, yeah. the, I think that the biggest, the biggest um, pet peeve that I have is, you know, when I'm, because I shoot a lot of street style and stuff and the yeah. amount of times I get people saying, oh, you, you're going to remove the bags under my eyes. Yeah. I'm like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with the bags under your eyes. Like it makes you who yeah. you are, you know, like I don't want to see yeah. a completely airbrushed image of you because one, mm. it's, I'm, I'm then sharing something that it's not authentic and it's not real yeah, um, yeah. so yeah so like i, I try yeah. to I, I now go to a point where the only kind of post-production i do is color grading and a little bit of you know just slightly touching up but yeah anything that alters the uh the, the look i don't do and yeah. if, if the client has an issue well they they don't really they well one they hired me so they yeah. know the style anyway but if someone has an yeah. issue it's like that's not really my problem because yeah I'm i get that you like when i when i shoot babies sometimes i get the parents go oh he's got a bit of cradle cap could you get rid of that i'm like no like i'm uh, not gonna edit your baby <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, all, it's all slightly it just feels a little bit more sinister when it's a baby <laughs> yeah. i'm like no i'm not gonna do that yeah. Um, so how are you, are you managing to juggle like parenthood and being a photographer? Do you feel like you've got into a bit of a system now? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I have the, the greatest wife in the world, so that always helps. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I try to I work with only clients that I have a really good relationship with um yeah so they're you know they're quite understanding if you know if I'm like suddenly like oh I can't do this because you know whatever um yeah but then yeah I, th I think it's just like communicating with with my wife as much as I can so like you know I try mm -hmm. to only be in town once a week um so mm -hmm. that I can kind of because a lot of the stuff I can do from home um so what I aim to do is try and schedule all of my shoots on one day or maybe over the course of two days um and yeah. then now with my wife starting to to because she's she's basically got her own business her own freelance business as well so um for her doing client days now gonna try and make sure that she's working one day a week so that day i'm not working basically um yeah. and then kind of slowly kind of building building that up and finding a balance yeah. um yeah so it's you know it's every, every week is different but um yeah we just we just try to make the best of it really yeah definitely well it sounds like you're absolutely smashing it and your work is <laughs> incredible so um i'll link all of your um you've got a website instagram yeah, yeah. link your instagram your website i'll get that uh, off you after um yeah no worries but yeah you've you've been great been lovely no, thank you. To you yeah for sure it's, it's, really it's, uh, thank you for having me um and That's you know right. hopefully hopefully we'll be able to catch up in in real life soon as well yeah definitely i'm sure i'll be getting you to uh be another tog model at some point yeah uh, yeah <laughs> you were so great you're, you're behind you're in front of the camera quite a lot as well so you were just so great you're like here here doing what i can doing what i can um no thank yeah. you um would you actually be able to send me those photos um just because i've not oh have i not sent you them oh my no God, i've so not sorry. seen them no no, no that's fine oh, i'm that's so fine. sorry <laughs> I did a shoot in November and I've not sent them to you. Oh my goodness. No, you're all I'm good. I'm sure um... it's on my Trello, like way down, like send photos. <laughs> um, I will do that. 
Tommy's at nursery tomorrow. So I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, all good, all good. No, um, yeah, no, so that's fun. I'll I'll use those photos to to share the podcast when it goes live. So it's good to have Yeah, that. of course. Brilliant. Well, thank awesome. you so much. I'll leave you to get on with your evening now. If, nah. if, I imagine your little one's asleep, is she? Yeah, she, she, <laughs> I think I think she's being entertained at the moment. Um, yeah. We we've been like she last kind of few months. She's she's got, we've managed to kind of get her down by like. 11 um yeah. which we're obviously bringing earlier and earlier so this is yeah. like the first week of, of trying to get her down by like nine so yeah, yeah we'll see I'll, I'll check in on them and see how it's going <laughs> either she'll be knockout or yeah. she'll just be like rolling around yeah could go either way exactly <laughs> well enjoy have a lovely evening um and yeah thank you so much no pleasure thank you for having me there we are I hope you're feeling lovely and inspired to get out there and shoot and tell stories and push yourself to new brands and clients yeah thank you so much Rikesh for just coming on the show and just telling us all about your life and your work um, and how you managed to you know continue to have such a successful business and have a five-month-old really incredible and impressive so yeah thanks so much for listening guys I really hope you enjoyed it Um, Next week, well, not next week, next time on the podcast, I currently don't know who's going to be on it. Uh, This is kind of like a last minute on the whim, off the cuff. I can't speak. (laughs) Um, So it's a surprise. You'll see who's going to be next on the uh, podcast. If you're interested in being on the podcast, let me know. Uh, Drop me an email, hello at T-O-L, that's wrong, hello at T-O-G-L-D-N.com. Uh, it's quite late now it's nearly half ten so I think I'm going to go to bed uh, and stop rambling on this podcast but yeah thank you so much for listening and have a lovely day everyone